ButcherBox makes it easy and convenient to get the highest quality grass-fed, grass-finished beef, organic free-range chicken, heritage breed pork, and wild-caught seafood without any antibiotics or added hormones delivered straight to your door. For me, I love their ribeye steak with a smoke and reverse sear, their tender belly bacon, which is some of the best uncured bacon on planet Earth. ButcherBox partners with people, small farmers included, that treat their animals in the best possible way and never give any added antibiotics or hormones. When you join, you choose your box and delivery frequency. You can cancel at any time without any penalty, and ButcherBox delivers amazing and fresh meat right to your door in a 100% recyclable box. For a limited time only, get free chicken nuggets for a year and 10% off your first box when you sign up today and use the code WP. That's a 22-ounce bag of gluten-free organic chicken nuggets in every order for a year when you sign up at butcherbox.com forward slash WP and use the code WP. Welcome to Western Contours Podcast, sharing experiences, providing insight, and looking for solutions to become better hunters. We talk gear, on and off season preparation, tips and tactics, conservation, and finding inspiration in the outdoors as sportsmen and women. Thank you for joining us as we share our love for all things Western hunting. Hey guys, welcome to Tap Tuesday, brought to you by Titanium Archery Products. Dedicated archers deserve truly elite products that provide all of the performance attributes that they demand, and that's exactly what Tap delivers. This week, I sit down with AJ and Daryl of Velvet Antler Technologies. Enjoy the episode. So we're on with AJ and Daryl of Velvet Antler Technologies. Gentlemen, good evening. Good evening, guys. How are we doing this evening? I appreciate you guys sitting down and, and sharing a little bit uh, about Velvet Antler Technologies. I'm excited to learn more um, about the products you guys offer. So just right off the bat, um, the one that I know about, you know, right off the hand is, uh, is Velvalock, which is a, a velvet uh, preserver, right? I mean, we spray it on um, all natural and it helps us preserve that, that beautiful velvet on those, you know, early season bucks or bulls, um, all natural, no formaldehyde, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm super, super curious to learn more about that. I don't want to get too long winded there. So why don't we go AJ, you know, give us a little bit of an intro, um, talk a little bit about your hunting and outdoor life and that experience there. And then Daryl, you just pick up when AJ's done. Great. All right, guys. Uh, again, Guy, really appreciate the invite to be on. We listen to the podcast frequently and love the stuff that you bring to the table. So we're excited to be here. So uh, as Guy mentioned, my name is AJ. Last name is Pizzoli. Uh, I'm pretty. I'm a pretty big, avid outdoorsman in general. Everything from shooting to hunting, hiking, archery hunting, uh, everything in between. So, you know, kind of grew up, mom and dad were gracious enough to take my brother and I up in the back country, often do some camping and exploring the woods. So, you know, kind of grew up in my blood, something I've done my whole life and I'm really passionate about it. Um, to this day, you know, I, I wish I had more time, but you know, I would never pass up the time with my wife and three beautiful kids to, uh, you know, to be up in the mountains, but it's definitely something that we enjoy. So that's a little bit about me. Yeah, this is Daryl. I, uh, 
grew up in Nevada, the high deserts of Nevada, outside of Reno, about 90 miles. Grew up my whole life hunting, trapping with my dad, same kind of thing. Um, picked up a bow when I was a kid, started hunting archery, and always loved killing those nice bucks in velvet. Uh, moved to Idaho about nine years ago and started hunting up here and just been gu- I've uh, been a guide for uh, about 15 years in Nevada. I've guided hunts down in Nevada. Nice. What are you guiding? Guiding for kind of everything on the on the list there, or anything specific? Uh, mainly mule deer, mule deer and elk, antelope. I never got into the sheep. I never cared much for sheep. Yeah, you're an anomaly there in in today's climate for <laughs> for whatever reason, man. Sheep, sheep I'm a weirdo. Expen- I don't like. <laughs> yeah, there it was expensive hunting, man. Um, you know, I looked at, uh, I did a podcast, I don't know, some months ago with Shay Tompkins, and uh, she started telling me prices, and I was floored. Um, okay. Yeah, it, it is, it is. Oh, yeah. That's why they call it a rich man. Yeah, but it's crazy. I mean, you know, I think 30 was the cheapest. That's a, uh, yeah. yeah. Everybody would call me crazy because I could have got paid to go hunt them with other people. And I said, no, I don't up there. No, thank you. <laughs> and again, another anomaly, right? Because right now that's kind of the climate. Everybody wants to jump into the steepest, deepest, nastiest terrain they can get in and really push <laughs> themselves and test themselves. I guess some of us are dumber than others. <laughs> I'll, I'll do it for a big mule deer, not yeah. for a sheep. <laughs> <laughs> but there, you know, man, there's something about a big muley, you know, just wide and just mass on them. That's just a beautiful creature, man. A beautiful, beautiful the, the creature. Biggest, the biggest mule deer is the most majestic animal on this earth, is my in my feeling. Right. So. Yeah, oh, man, you're full of the anomalies tonight. <laughs> we'll, we'll ar- <laughs> I'll argue until I'm blue in the face of that, man. I I swear that's elk. But I hear you. I think this is why Daryl and I work out so well, because he's such an anomaly that him and I will just get on the phone and we just offset <laughs> each other. Right. I mean, I, I love big mule deer as well. And, you know, between uh, it, I, I mean, I own a couple of them. I love them. They're majestic. I love elk, but it doesn't do anything for me compared to like sheep hunting. I mean, that's something that you, you mentioned, guy. That's a dream of mine. And every time I tell, tell Daryl that he just shakes his head like I'm such an idiot. Yeah. I, you know, I. And I'm the, I would love to go on a sheep hunt, right? But for me, it's it just, I look at the cost and I go, man, I, there's so much more that I can do, so many more hunts that I can experience than going and paying 30, 40 grand for a sheep hunt. I mean, all power to the guys that are, you know, doing it. I have nothing against it, but I'd rather, you know, I'd rather spend four or five grand, go on a caribou hunt or, you know, something along those lines. It's just, you know, it wows me, man. When I see that price, I'm, I'm floored. I guess I'm not there yet. <laughs> 20 years plus I, doing this and I'm not there. <laughs> I, I, I was fortunate enough this year to kill a 32 inch wide, 200 inch mule deer with my bow. Holy. 45 yards. You want to talk about exhilarating. Heck that's yeah. the best feeling in the world. 32 <laughs> wide. That's a, that, that's a, that's a stud of a buck, man. Is that the one you guys posted that picture where he's on your pack? Yeah, yeah, I saw that. That was amazing. That was a beautiful. That picture was amazing too. So, <laughs> um, you know, before we jump into it, guys, I, I you know I sent you the list of bullets. Um, just you know, not our script, but just kind of our our deal. And one of the things that's important to me is, like I said before, is to capture the experience and all this. So, you know, the the real trophies in hunting, right? We're we're talking about racks and we're talking about hunting sheep, um, caribou, elk. 
32 inches and 200 inches, that's all great, right? But that is really a small part of why we're out there, ultimately, in my opinion, at least for me. Um, Let's talk a little bit about, you know, the real trophies in hunting. Um, You know, AJ, I'll give you a crack at that. Um, You know, those values, those memories, um, you know, those experiences, you know, learning yourself, pushing yourself, et cetera. Absolutely. No, I, I agree with you hundred percent. And I'm just going to preface this whole part of the conversation with saying that I, the first person in this, in this world to admit, I'm not the most successful hunter. I'm not that guy that has gone out and killed you know, trophy bucks and bulls. And I don't have anything entered in the record books, anything like that. But I'll tell you what, you know, you speak to some of this about what are the values of hunting. And this is one thing that I'm actually really passionate about. And, you know, one thing that while I understand the need for social media and whatnot, I really feel like it's almost doing a disservice to to a lot of us, right? You were talking about Steve Deep and Nasty, and that's what a lot of us dream of. And I think a lot of us, we've been tainted by that, right? Because we see that on certain social media posts or influencers or these quote professional hunters that are sponsored by a handful of these big name companies. You know, and I think that we've almost as a society, as a hunting community, we've almost lost touch of why we do what we do. You know, it's kind of interesting. I, you know, grew up in Utah. I've got friends that grew up in Wyoming and Idaho and all this. And I remember when we were a kid, there were certain, you know, communities and within these states where kids would be left out of school to go on a deer hunt because that was a family event, right? That was a that was a social gathering. That was where they went to harvest meat. It was no different to those individuals than it was cutting crops or pushing cattle from an upper to a lower pasture. You know, those types of things. And to me, hunting yeah, it's great. I would love to kill a big bull, big ram, whatever it would be. But aside from the size, I really believe it's more about the memory, you know, and and this is something that Daryl can speak to much with much more experience than I, because he gets the opportunity. His kids are old enough now to where he gets to go and hunt with them. I mean, Daryl, you guys killed what three, I think two or three animals together this fall alone, you know, and it's just, yeah, we, we did. Yeah. You know, and that right there, I mean, you know, him and I are in, multiple times a day we're in contact and I mean don't care if it's a spike or a 400 inch bull man just the fact that he gets to go and hunt with all all of his kids boys and girls and build those memories to me that's the most important thing I mean we spoke about it a little bit earlier it's be great to have a beautiful mount on the wall and I too have mounts that I go and look at you know sets of antlers I've picked up that mean a lot to me you know I have a 240 inch non-typical buck that my grandpa killed in Colorado back in 1969 there's bigger bucks out there, but again, it's about the memory, right? Granted, I wasn't around for that, but I remember vividly the day that he told me the story of how he harvested that buck, you know, and something I'll never, ever forget. I've had, I've got, I've taken that thing to expos merely to have them scored by professional scorers. You know, I've had people offer me anywhere from five to $8,000 for that rack, depending on the time, you know, the, the, the year with antler prices and whatnot. And that's just, some people think I'm crazy, but that's not something that I'm willing to part with. You know, that's a, it's a family heirloom. That's a memory that I have. And, you know, thankfully the year after my grandpa gave me that set of antlers attached to the skull plate, he gave me the original 32 special that killed that buck. You know, those are the things that mean something and that's what hunting should be. You know, I'm extremely excited for the day that I'm old, that my kids are old enough to hunt with me. You know, I was, my my wife is getting there, you know, she's going to take hunter safety and it's going to hopefully start to turn into more of a family event. But, you know, really I look to some of these individuals that I consider mentors. I've never met them in person, but individuals like Steven Ranella, 
Ryan Callahan, Mark Kenyon, Remy Warren, those individuals, while they're big name individuals in the industry, if you listen to guys like them, especially on their shows or their podcasts, there's a certain finesse and passion about the way they look at things. It's not about the kill. Steven Ranella and Randy Newberg are two of my favorite people to watch because oftentimes they're not successful and they show you every one of their feats and the things they went through and why it didn't work out. And that's real life hunting, right? But the, but the way they do it is they speak to not, you know, Hey, we didn't kill the buck we were after, but Hey, let's look at the ecology that we're supporting here. You know, what is backcountry hunters association doing? You know, what are we doing from a mule deer perspective as far as mule deer foundation or Rocky mountain elk foundation? And of course the wild sheep foundation, one of my, you know, one of the, one of the programs that I'm most into, you know, and to your point, I just think, you know, there's a certain set of values that's instilled in there. It, I think we need to take a step back from, you know, trying to harvest the biggest and the best and really look at what are we doing, you know, be grateful and thankful that we're able to fill a freezer and, and, and feed our families. So that's kind of my take on things. And again, you know, I, I, I go out in the mountains to get away from it all, right. To, to get away from the stresses of work and, you know, to get out of the city and get up in the mountains where I can kind of be at one with myself and, you know, just look over every ridge. I mean, I just like to explore when I'm out there. And, you know, to me, again, that kind of sets a whole new level of values for me. Heck yeah. I mean, and, and, you know, with, with all you said that, that last bit there being out, that's where I find myself. That's when I'm, when I am the clearest, you know, when, when I'm out and, and for me, it's, how far can I push? I mean, it, it starts to sound cliche, right? But how far can I push myself comfortably? And then can I get it past that? And and you just find that that inner strength, that growth. Yeah, I just man, it's just something about it's giving me it's giving me the uh, I need the mountain chills right now. It, it's yep. just a phenomenal experience, and every time you're out there, you're learning something new about yourself. And the animal is honestly, here we go with cliche again. It, it's just icing on the cake, the culmination of everything that goes into it. Absolutely, and. To your point, you know, I, I think, again, we're so heavily weighted in society with social media anymore that a lot of the individuals and a lot of things we see, they don't consider it, quote, successful unless you have a harvested buck or bull on the ground or something along those lines. And I would beg the diff for all day long. Heck I mean, that, yeah. to your point, is icing on the cake. But, you know, what about all the memories that you're made, the things that you see that you normally wouldn't see if you weren't up at 4 a.m. hiking up a mountain? Those type of things. Good stuff. So... Daryl, um, AJ had mentioned, you know, the, the memories that you're making with your kids, but I have to imagine that being out there guiding, that has to be a phenomenal experience to be able to partake in a lot of times, most times I would assume someone else's success, someone else's growth and not really even know them. Um, that has to be absolutely amazing in terms of memories. Well, absolutely. It does. You know, and I'll, and I'll just start off first for me. I'm, I'm a little older than AJ. I'm pushing that 50 mark now. So, you know, I get, I get back to the older days of, you know, when my dad first started teaching me to hunt, he showed me, you know, we'd look at the mountain and we'd see a fork and horn buck and we'd see a, a three point buck that's 22 to 24 inches wide. <laughs> And he would teach me, he would say, look at the difference in the body size of those two deer. That three point buck is a little more mature buck. 
we're going to have more meat on our table for our family for the year. And, and, and to me, I was, I was, I'm native American and you know, that's where I think a lot of this has been lost. We don't hunt anymore for, to be able to put food on our table for our family. There's so many people out there that, you know, we see it all the time. Guys hunt and they kill a deer and they cut the back straps out and the hind quarters and they leave the rest to rot. That's horrible. It, it, and it's sickening and it happens all the time, you know, and that, and, and that to me, I think more to me to honor the animal that we kill, we take every piece of meat we can take and we feed our families with it. And if we don't have a family for us, we would give it to our neighbors and, and feed our neighbors. I mean, that was, that was important to my family back then. We, we lived in a little small town of 2,800 people in the middle of Nevada in the Northern Nevada desert. And we gave meat away. My parents didn't have money to give meat away. And they gave meat away because the other people in the town could probably utilize it more so than we would. And, and that to me is, is more the reason that I still hunt the way I hunt today. I look at a big bodied animal and I know I can feed my family with it. And I can give it to my daughter with my grandchildren. She can feed her kids through the year, you know, and to, to put them on the wall, to me, that's honoring that animal. And that, you know, I remember every minute, every second of every hunt of every animal that's on my wall right now. And some of my kids were beside me. I was standing over my kids and some of the mounts that I have on my wall that they killed themselves. At 12 years old, my son with a bow and arrow killed a 178 inch mule deer buck with his bow at 12 years old. And that was one of the best experiences of my life. And my son will never forget it till the day he died. So, you know, for me, that's, that, that's more of it than, than anything for me. You know, do I love to kill a big animal? Absolutely. I think they're majestic. They're beautiful. But every time I kill one, we honor that animal. As we should. And it kind of goes back to what AJ was saying, you know, with the social, I hate referencing it so much, but with, with the social media, you know, influencer or whatever you want to call it, you know, this, I had a, a recent experience, right? We were, you know, we're, I'm glassing and there's a, a nice little, and I'm gonna call him nice little four by three. And there was this stud of a forkhorn buck. I mean, he was, they were probably about the same age. I'm gonna say three year old. And, uh, I'm looking at this fork and horn and I'm going, this thing has mass. He has width and he has 12 to 13 inch deep forks. And I'm thinking, man, this thing is beautiful, right? The guy I'm with, I'm thinking he's going to shoot that buck. That buck stood up first and I was like, he's going to drop it. And I watched the three by four start to get up and he gets shot. And I'm like, what in the world? And it was, well, he had more points. And it's like, okay, I respect your decision, but man, it, it was, that's where we're at, I guess is my point. That's where we're at. He had more points. To me, the other buck was a stud, right? I mean, you see a, a, a fork and horn like that, man, you take that fork. <laughs> so it, it's just, I, I think it's where we're at, you know, and then you get. You know, and it's really, it's, it's really funny to me today. I, I was actually thumbing through, through Instagram today and I noticed there was a, there was a guy on there and two guys and a kid and there's two guys with these big old heavy horn, massive, beautiful mule deer bucks. And there's a small kid in the middle of the two guys with a little three point. And that little kid had more of an expression on his face for that little three point than them two guys with those big old bucks. And that right there meant more to that child 
than those two big bucks will ever mean to those guys. And that's, that's where it's at for me. I love to see them kids to kill. They don't care what they kill. They're happy. They're excited to kill what they kill. And that's what a lot of us, I think have lost sight of. Yeah. And it's, it's a scary thought. I mean, it, it's, uh, what what does that? You know what I mean? Is it is it social media? Have we just, you know, what has put an eye it's funny, on? It's funny you ask that because I wrote a quote down today just because the old Fred Bear, right? I mean, and and this is where it comes from. You got Sitka gear. You got all these different camouflage companies. You got all this stuff out there, right? That everybody has to have it. I'm going to read you this quote from Fred Bear, and you're going to you'll get a giggle out of this. The best camouflage pattern is called sit down and be quiet. Your grandpa hunted deer in a red plaid coat. Think about that for a second. That's an actual quote from Fred bear. You know, it goes back to everybody has to have the best and the greatest and the biggest thing new to the market. And old Fred bear says it just the way it is. Sit down and be quiet. Listen for a minute and stop talking and you'll get what you're after. So, okay, so I'm going to challenge you a little bit, right? I'm a Sitka guy, and I'm not a Sitka guy because it's the latest and greatest, right? Because there's there's all these brands now. I started wearing Sitka because I want it to be more comfortable. I want it to be more warm. I'm pushing myself, blah, 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 right? The whole song and dance that you hear, you know, constantly. So I'm going to I'm gonna be that guy right now. So at what point do we say, okay, yeah, I can go out there in my jeans, and I can go out there in a, you know, okay, we'll call it a nice flannel, a nice wool flannel, right? But I'm soaking wet, I'm cold. Um, at what point does that, you know, does the technology, it lends itself to us having a, call it an enhanced experience, right? A better experience, if you will. Um, you don't have to suffer unless you choose to suffer. So where do we draw the line, you know, in that quote? And I get the quote, right? And I and I think there's a bigger picture there. I'm just being very remedial with it. You know, I don't know. I, I've never wore any of the big name stuff and I've always been comfortable and, you know, and it's kind of funny, I've guided for years and I used a, I used to use a small pair of Leupold 10 by 42 binoculars that cost me $190. And these guys would come to me with their Swarovskis and their Leicas and they go, man, I can't believe you can find deer with that. <laughs> you know, I think it's all about, I, I think it's all about what we, what we've become accustomed to and what we're successful with. Right. Perception and, too. And, you know, I, I called coyotes for years with my dad in Nevada. I called and called, we called, I can't tell you how many coyotes, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of coyotes. And we always thought we had to have that best camouflage until we had a guy come out there with us one day and he wore a Santa Claus suit and he called coyotes and killed more coyotes in a Santa Claus suit than we could in our camel because he <laughs> sat still. Because he sat still and be quiet. <laughs> That's better than the Fred Bear quote, man. <laughs> we, got, we got the Santa suit killer going on. <laughs> But it is, I mean, it is you know, funny, right? Because, I mean, for years, I, you know, Sitka wasn't around. Um, Kuyu wasn't. You didn't have all these brands. So it was like, you know, you're lucky to get in some real tree, you know, call it, you know, Walmart camo. Um, cost was a limiting factor, you know. So you you, you kind of you see, all, you know, people and I, and I think Midwest, back east and nothing against them, but they're still wearing the real tree. And, and I'm not saying it to be to put anyone down, but they're still wearing the Walmart camo and they're still successful. Um, 
you know, so I, I don't know. I'm always in, in a dilemma there with myself. Right. Um, it's rough and I'm a gear junkie. So I see something that's like, Oh man, I got to try it out. Right. I spend more money on gear that I'll use one or two times. Um, is a, it's a bad habit. It's a bad habit to have. I think we're all guilty of that to an extent, you know, and that's, and, and that's kind of why, you know, part of the reason we've created what we've created with the velvet antler technology stuff is number one, we're tired of seeing people trying to get chemicals and, and things that are costing them a lot of money and that are harmful to them, their children, their atmosphere. So, and in all honesty, guy, I've been, I've been sitting on this thing for 15 years. I kid you not. I've been sitting on this product for 15 years, waiting for this, for this day to come, for this day to be able to talk to you or somebody like you about this type of product, because it's so, it's, it's so much better on everything we do than, than anything we've done in the past. And I'm not putting this out there as a gimmick and the next best thing for the guys to buy. This thing is out there for, a common guy to be able to utilize and not hurt himself or his family. And that's, that's, that's the biggest thing we're after. So, okay. So we're going to drop in. Well, let me, let me step us back one second. So AJ had in, in both, both of you guys rather um, made mention of, you know, hanging, hanging those uh, bucks or those antlers on the wall. Um, what are we hanging when we're doing that? Right. Are we, you know, it, it's come up. I've seen it a few times. Um, you know, it's not a, it's not a bragging. Well, I guess to your hunting buddies, it might be a bragging right, right? Um, there's that, there's that circle that it's a bragging right. But for the most part, we're hanging up that experience, those memories, um, that respect for that animal, like you guys talked about. Um, who wants to, who wants to touch on that? Oh, I don't care. I can go first on that one if you'd like. So it's funny, you know, you have the talk about that. Every animal that I have hanging, and actually I'm sitting in my my area with all my animals, and it's funny, when I have new people come to the house and I'll visit with them, every single animal in here has a story, and I'm able to tell that story of how that animal walked towards me and and how how we got to have that encounter and and how swift of a kill we made on it, or or maybe we didn't, and we had to track them but we did recover the animal. And and that I think is huge for, you know, especially I've had people at my house. I, I have a rather large man cave. I mean, it's not huge, but I have, I don't know, I have 15 animals in here and I get to tell stories to people that have never been around it. And they're just amazed that how we can remember everything that happened with every one of our animals we killed. And I'm sure AJ can attest to that as well. He probably has killed quite as many as I've been involved with in my ugly amount of years, but every animal we kill, every animal that we see die, whether it's our own or someone else's, we remember everything about it. And that's what it's hard for people to understand that don't do it, that those memories are ingrained in you forever. And it's great memory. I couldn't agree more. So AJ, what's your take on on those hangers, man? 
You know, I would, I would agree with what, what Daryl had to say, you know, on some of those things, honestly, like I've mentioned before, I'm not the greatest individual. I haven't punched the most tags in the world compared to someone like Daryl, not to mention, you know, his own successes. I mean, I've seen man cave, many different views of his man cave. He's got beautiful, beautiful trophies hanging in there. Like you said, every one of those has a memory. I'll, I'll ask him about, Hey Daryl, tell me about that buck with those crazy million beans that curve down. And oftentimes he just goes off and tells me, and I love it because to Daryl's point, he remembers where it was, when it was, how it played out, you know, how the buck put a sneak on him, you know, all these different cool things. And it's just awesome to sit back and hear it. You know, me personally, honestly, I have more successes in pictures in my memory, meaning I have a lot of those, what I call successes, learning on the mountain. It's not a mountain on the wall. It's the lesson learned, right? It's not, wow, I've got, you know, 35 animals hanging in my house. It's more... I've got pictures of these deer that I scouted for, you know, that I had seen that I put a sneak on that I failed big time. You know, I learned every single time, man, I tried that on that deer last year and that didn't work. You know, check that out. Lesson learned. We'll never do that again. Type of a thing, you know, but I, uh, me personally, it's, it's interesting because throughout my life so far, you know, growing up, I was a little later starting than some kids in hunting. I got started when I was eh, about 13, 14, you know, started hunting birds, didn't really have much of an interest in big game. Um, one of my best friend's dad worked for Easton. And so he, you know, would get arrows and, and get all this stuff. They're pretty much free. Got me set up with an old school Hoyt, old, old bow. I mean, single cam, might as well have just been on a recurve at that point. You know, I mean, the draw weight on it was ridiculously low. I was just a young, dumb kid. And I'll tell you what, you know, as I transitioned through life, through, you know, going to college, going to graduate school, getting married, you know, building a house, having my, my kids and my, my wife that I have now, you know, it's interesting. Not a lot of my trophies aren't hung. Honestly, you walk in my basement and there's, you know, sets of antlers down there that are just kind of sat in the corner. But to me, like to your point, their memories, I'll go down there and pick them up and I'll look at them and just grin and think about, I remember that day, my brother and I went out, started hiking at the butt crack of dawn, you know, up, CWMU opened at midnight. We were up there with headlamps in a snowstorm looking for antlers. And by God, we found some, you know, that memory with my brother, while the mount is not on the wall, it means something to me. Yeah. I can tell stories about all this stuff as well, but you know, again, I'm, I'm not quite as fortunate as Daryl in that aspect. I don't have my big man cave yet, but you know, someday. I think that's so a progression. More, <laughs> yeah. You know, but, but to me, honestly, until I get to that point, I mean, Daryl and I are, are different in, in, in some ways that way. I haven't been fortunate enough to guide. That's, well, I think it would be a great experience. That's just never something that I've been able to pursue in my life, you know, but I hang a lot of memories. You know, I have memories, you know, not to go too far off tangent here, but my, my, my beautiful wife gave twins, gave birth to twins 15 months ago. And I'll tell you what, we, you know, we're a little limited on, on what we can do nowadays, meaning, you know, a lot of what we would have been able to take off and go hike and get way up in the back country is more of a, you know, we'll go drive on a high mountain road and hopefully we see some deer. But, you know, my, my little guy, even to this day, I've got about a 345, 350 inch Arizona bull hanging in the garage and he'll run up and just go elk, 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 and just point at the door. All he wants to do is go out and see that elk. And the smile on his face means more to me than the memory of me actually getting that bull. Megan, you Those imagine twins are your best trophy yet. Yeah, absolutely. My 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 wife and three kids are my are my four greatest trophies in life. Wait, I mean, wait until you can make those memories. I mean that that's phenomenal. I mean, it is just it's next level. You know, me and my boy went to Colorado on an elk hunt this year. We came back empty handed, and uh, 
man, that was that's the best hunt we've ever been on. I mean, eleven days in the mountains sense. to where you know he was he was dead to rights, man. He was he was over, <laughs> and uh, the smile on his face, the whole well, I can't say the whole drive back when he was awake, but you know, just nothing but but great memories out of it, and it was just it's just a phenomenal thing. We, you know, this is two months ago, and we're you know, hey, remember you know on Tuesday when we did this blah 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 on the mountain, and it's just it's phenomenal, man, unbelievable, and it even brought us back to you know when he was seven eight years old and we were heading down to texas and we're talking about that again and it's just unbelievable man See, now, I think that's son, guy. He's 17 now 17 yeah see and it, you know and the great thing is here and i'll just kind of share a little bit about this year aj had mentioned earlier that we had a good season i have a 30 year old son that had went with me this year for archery elk season him and i both snuck down a little draw we found two spike bulls. We wanted to kill these spike bulls because we had just launched Velvet Antler Technologies, the Velvelock product, not 10 days before we went on this hunt, right? So we see these two spike bulls go down in this little draw and bed down. So we sneak down there together. I shoot one bull at 28 yards. He rolls down the hill. Another bull runs out the other side, little spike bull. My son, son whacks him at 51 yards. These bulls die within 50 feet of each other. So we get them all take care of cleaned up. The next day we go up the mountain and, and the deer season's open. And my son goes, man, I haven't got to kill a deer with my bow yet. That, that, that little doe right there, she's just standing 50 yards off the road. Doe season's legal. So he whacks this doe. And then I get to kill that 200 inch buck with my 21 year old son. And then after I go antelope hunting with my oldest son again, he's with me the whole time I shot this nice antelope buck 141 yards with my bow he got to watch the whole thing through the spotting scope got him taken care of then we take my youngest son and we kill a five-point bull elk so you want to talk about memories man this year was full of memories good memories and a lot of them it was great so from 30 year old son to the 22 year old son man we just it was crazy this year the yeah it'll be i mean this is a year to remember for dang sure yeah and and when i hear people having seasons like that i'm going good luck repeating that <laughs> yeah. yeah no doubt <laughs> even though they were spike bull elk you know i mean how many times do you get to kill a spike bull right alongside your son and yeah. they die 50 yards apart it, it, it's <laughs> just amazing no, and i can mine was sorry about that <laughs> oh no no i was just gonna say you know it's funny because mine's the complete opposite right and i'm very fortunate my brother is my best friend he's my He's my sidekick. You know, we do, we do everything together when it comes to, you know, fly fishing and hunting, turkey hunting and everything. And, you know, he too was a late bloomer. He just started a couple of years ago and he has yet to kill a big game animal. And I'll tell you what, we both, uh, you know, we, we got him equipped with a rifle and a, a good Athlon scope and you know, got him sighted into range and everything like that. We both got over the counter bull tags. Didn't even see a bull on our hunt, but I'll tell you what, it was one of the greatest years of my life because you know, we're hiking, we're hiking up through the, the beautiful fall aspens, you know, chasing elk, seeing cows and seeing all kinds of wildlife, you know, and just being there with him, having those memories. Yeah. You know, we didn't kill anything. We didn't fill the freezer with anything on that trip, but it's one I'll never forget. Yeah. You, you, for me, this year has taught me a lot, especially going out with my boy and I've always been okay with not punching a tag, but there's always, I always put this level of pressure on myself, you know, to make sure that I, that I punch each and every tag that I purchase. And, and this year was really the first year where I realized, Hey, I'm okay. If I just walk away and I have to eat, you know, what we call tag soup, um, 
I'm okay with it because I have everything that is more important than punching this tag in those memory banks. It's just, it's unreal, man. And then the excitement, the excitement that I heard in Daryl's voice when he's talking about all those animals this year, you, you can't, there's no amount of, of meat in the freezer that we say all the time. There's no amount of antlers in the basement, antlers in the man cave, shoulder mounts in the man cave that will replace that excitement in his voice while he's telling us about those hunts. That's, that's exactly what I was talking about, man. Those, those are the real memories are the real trophies in hunting absolutely absolutely bar none man so i don't want to get long-winded on that because we can go down a rabbit hole of never (laughs) (laughs) darkness on that one so let's we got three products with velvet antler technologies um so let's let's just hit them one by one. Um, why don't we start with? Well, let's talk about let's 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 do it in in I guess it would be an order of process in my head. So um, the Velva Lock would be the first one, right? Right. So I'll, I guess I'll start with that one. Just the simple fact that I started this thing. So there again, I've, you've heard me mention already. I was born and raised in the middle of Nevada. I was 90 miles from any taxidermist. You know, when I, when I kill a deer, I, I didn't, I wasn't killing deer back when I was young, when I was first married that I wanted to go take to a taxidermist and have mounted, but it was sickening to me that, you know, the first couple deer I killed this velvet would just peel off of these antlers and fall off. I mean, it was so beautiful when I killed them and it would just, it would fall off and rot away. And it just, it just made me sick to to know that I couldn't keep these animals. Right. So I started playing with products and thinking, man, I got to be able to protect this velvet somehow. And I was a hundred miles from any taxidermist anywhere. So I started messing around and, you know, one year I would mix up some stuff and I would spray it on there and it would work okay, but still the velvet would peel. And it took me a few years to finally get to where I could spray some products on here and, man, my velvet stayed, it stayed forever. And, and I didn't have any bug infiltration anymore. The flies hated it. So I got to where I could keep the velvet on these antlers. And uh, as I grew and then I started guiding, I would take it with me and I would use it. And, you know, taxidermists would say, Oh, you got to get me those antlers right away. And I'd tell them I already took care of it. And, oh, you can't take care of it. We got to put formaldehyde in there and we got to inject them. And we, me and the, me and the client would take off to the taxidermist and drop it off. And the taxidermist say, well, well, what did you do to these antlers? They're hard already. We can't, we can't do nothing with this. And it's already cured for them. And I never would give up my secret. And I guess it's a good thing because I've, I've held on to it for quite a long time now. So why? <laughs> Cause it, when you, <laughs> was it just the, the realization, like, you know, you didn't think there was a market or you, it just didn't, it didn't cross your oh, mind that uh, this uh, is phenomenal or. Really? Honestly, I have, when I finally figured out what really works, I didn't want to ever spoil anybody else's velvet guy. And I really wanted to make sure that this product was going to, pull through the ages like I needed it to. So I, I have one buck on my wall right now that's been here for 15 years. And I wanted to make sure that velvet was going to stay on those antlers. 
for 10 to 15 years before I actually turned it loose to a customer. Because, oh, you could do it for a year. And what happens when that velvet starts peeling off in a year? Guys are not going to be happy if you launch this product and everybody used it. And then all of a sudden you have 50,000 deer, all their velvets falling off the antlers. So honestly, I've kind of kept it under AJ and I have talked about it for about the past seven or eight years about getting this thing going. And I've just, I've kind of held it under my hat because I wanted to make sure that nothing was going to happen to somebody's velvet down the road. And that's the pure truth of behind the whole thing. I mean, 15 years, that's a, that's a heck of a stretch, man. That's a heck of a stretch. <laughs> I mean, you know, because considering, right, so, and I'm not that familiar with the process. I don't have any velvet bucks, unfortunately. I've been chasing one a couple years in my pre, my early season, rather. Um, and I've always heard of, you know, the, the formaldehyde injection, which is not something that, I would do myself. So, you know, I'm out on the mountain and I'm, you know, before I'm heading up, I'm like, Hey, if I get this buck, are you available this weekend? So I can, you know, make sure that this velvet's gonna, you know, stay on these antlers. Oh yeah. You know, give me a call. I, I should be around. And it's like, Oh man, what am I going to do? <laughs> well, you don't have to worry about that anymore. Yeah. That's pretty, I mean, that really, that's exciting. Cause you get guys, you know, and the, a lot of folks don't know, you know, how do I preserve this? You YouTube some, you see all these, I don't want to call them half-baked because I've never, I've never watched them, but a lot of those how-tos are pretty half-baked. So, you know, I don't, I don't have any opinion on them, but yeah, if you can, if it's a you product in a spray any, bottle and I could take it to the mountain with me, I mean, come on. Absolutely. And here's the funny part. So I've been in touch with some guys from Australia and there's a few guys that hunt Australia and they say, you know, we don't kill deer when they have velvet. The, the deer grow down there different times of the year. They don't have a set season like we do where they drop their antlers and, and they grow new ones. He said, you never know. You could, you could be hunting a deer one week and he'll drop his antlers. And then a month later, he'll be growing new antlers. It's just, it's a weird thing down there. He said, but nobody will kill a deer in velvet in Australia because they have no way to preserve them down there. They can't get a hold of from outside and nobody knows how to preserve them. He said, if you could get us this product, man, we could kill some really neat deer in velvet. In in the southern tip of Australia alone, they killed 41,000 deer last year. And none of them were, well, very few of them were killed in velvet because people won't kill them in velvet because they don't know how to take care of it. So that being said, there's places out there that would be great to be able to get this to, to the, for them to be able to utilize this product and be able to kill bucks in velvet when they see a nice buck and don't just have to let him walk away because they can preserve it themselves without a taxidermist. So without giving up trade secrets, I guess, um, it, you guys have told me that it's all natural. So, you know, you hear that a lot, but what is, what does all natural mean? Is this plant-based? I mean, where are we, where are we getting the all natural from? The all natural, it, it is realistically plant-based. We do have a, an, uh, a carrier for it. That's not, I guess, a natural base, but essentially isopropyl alcohol is a carrier. And then we have all the rest of our, we have enzymatic enzymes in there and we have some other things in there that, that help the process along. So it's a, we'll call it a proprietary blend. <laughs> there you go. There you go. 
It's a plant-based proprietary blend. Let's leave it at that. <laughs> so, so what's the process, right? We, you know, we get this, we get this buck or this bull down there in velvet, and we, you know, pull out the spray bottle. How much is it going to cover? Um, is there, you know, multiple applications, or is this a one-time, you know, spray on? What if it's raining, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. AJ, how about you talk for a little bit? I've been yapping away. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Okay. So we'll just do to walk through this a little bit, you know, a little bit of a hypothetical. Let's say that you, uh, you know, guy, you finally are lucky enough to, to arrow that buck that you've been after for a while. Um, really the process is, is as simple as a single application. You know, it's interesting here in Utah. I, I think a lot of people know, but some of those that live outside of the state, this is a gem for anything hunting. You know, we do, Western Hunting Conservation Expo here that brings hundreds of thousands of people here. You know, you got big name companies that are based out of Utah. You know, it's a big mecca. And I get I get this question a lot. You know, how do I use it? What is it? What, you know, what do we do with it? Type of a thing. And so I usually will will walk them through it. You know, re- realistically speaking, you get that bucker bull on the ground. You know, obviously you've got to take care of of, of taking care of the necessities. So. You know, once once the harvest is down, you're going to have to gut. You're going to have to do all those things to ensure that the, the meat doesn't spoil, right? From what we're going to do, depending, you're going to cape it out and do a full shoulder mount if you're going to do a euro mount or whatever it is. Um, again, you can leave the hide on. You can take it off. Ultimately, what you're going to do is you're just going to take that gray bottle. You're going to dress, adjust that to those of you that haven't seen it. It's, uh, it's just like you're... I like to compare it to a Windex bottle with an adjustable tip. So you can adjust that from an ultra fine mist to a straight stream. You're going to adjust that so you're about a 98% straight stream and a tiny, tiny bit of overspray. So when you fully engage that trigger, it shouldn't look necessarily just like a water gun. You should have a little bit of overspray just to kind of get on the, on the side of the antlers. Um, ideally, as, as you said, if it's raining or something like that, you, you want to do it in an area where the water is not pouring down on it or snowing, anything like that. Uh, what we're going to do is we're literally just going to adjust that sprayer. We're going to work our way from the tips down. Uh, it's a big thing for us is to work effectively. It needs to be applied the velvet antler tips pointing up, or if it's a bull moose or whatever it is, you know, the, the shovels need to be in the upright position like they would if the bull or were standing. We're going to work the tip down and start to see that grip uh, or run right off the pedicles. Typically, we'll look at a four-point buck. By the time you start on that back tang and start working your way down off those two, by the time you get down to where that kind of ties in before the main beam, you're going to see that product come dripping right off there. You know, it depends on every single buckle result. Sometimes it'll be more of a reddish color as it's drawing some of that blood out. Sometimes it'll be a little darker as there's more dust and dirt particles in there. Um, One amazing thing with it is once you start doing that, We've seen time and time again, after two minutes of application, you'll see these ticks just come crawling out and they'll just tip over dead. Craziest thing. They're flat as a pancake. This material dries them out completely. You know, I was at a a very well-known taxidermist here in Utah named Kyle Sessions, and he uh, had a whole bunch of clients that had dropped off some, um, some heads. Wasps were everywhere. There were flies everywhere. We pulled out that velvet lock and I did one buck. He did the other one. Buck, the, the, the flies, the wasps, everything was gone. He was amazed. Like it just, it's a natural repellent for anything like that. That would normally be your, you know, your pesky fly or wasp that would be coming to obviously, you know, eat off of the head, lay eggs, those types of things. Um, 
you know, once you start to see that fluid drop off there and you've done a solid application of saturating that antler, the way I like to do it is I'll you know, put the head right in front of me. I'll work from the tips down on the front side then I'll go on the backside or I'll rotate the, and do the from the tips all the way down on the back. Um, you know, it, thing, unless you've done it, um, the material actually has some oil-based component to it to where when you spray it, you'll actually see that Velvalock carrying itself around the antler and down the antler. So it's not like a water base, you know, it's a very, it's a very cool creation in that capacity to where we really like you to saturate those antlers and make sure it drops all the way down. But if you happen to miss a spot or whatnot, you know, oftentimes Velvalock will carry itself by impregnating between the actual velvet tissue and the bone. So that's why we want that straight stream is we don't want an ultra miss where it's just getting on the actual velvet hair fibers. We want that straight stream right to that tissue so it can permeate the tissue settle right between that bone and tissue and actually dry out not only the blood but their you know viscous material and stuff like that would be between the antler the Velvalock product itself will do exactly as it's designed we see a little bit of variation depending on where you're located geographically um, for those individuals that are in places like arizona new mexico or texas where it's extremely hot and dry Velvalock product works substantially quicker. Now, if we're up in the Pacific Northwest, Montana, when it's colder, those types of things, Velvalock will work. We have done hundreds of antlers and we have yet to have one set that hasn't dried and preserved velvet the way we want it to. We've seen some increased dry times. Absolutely. We've had a couple people reach out to us and say, Hey, it's been 72 hours, still not seeing the result that we're hoping for, you know, and after talking to them and kind of talking through application, making sure it was done correctly, those types of things, you know, make sure, making sure it's being kept in an area that's ideally 65 to 70 degrees or warmer. That's Fahrenheit just to make sure that we have that nice warm environment. Um, but again, we've done Daryl, what over 300 now. Yeah. Yeah. And the warmer, the better it's, if it's 85, 90 degrees, you're even better yet. You know, and it, it, it's, no, no, I, I was just going to say, you know, it's interesting guy, cause it's kind of an anomaly and, and I get these professional taxidermists that inquire and I walk through the process and I tell them, you know, once the stuff is on and the antlers are saturated, don't put it back in the fridge or freezer, you know, take it in some place, whether it's a heated shop, a heated garage. I mean, I have clients of ours that end up putting them in their laundry rooms just to make sure that they stay to the right temperature. And it's funny because taxidermists by nature think heat and velvet do not go together. You know, they, they always colder, the better. That's why we freeze dry. That's why we do all that stuff. But sincerely with Velvalock, it's designed to be used under heat once it's been applied. Now, a caveat to that, I just want to throw this out there is we've had a couple individuals reach out and say, well, hey guys, question, I saturated my antlers and I put them right in front of a space heater. Not saying it's bad, but, you know, a word of caution is I always want these guys to be careful when they're doing that because it wasn't designed to be used that way. We have not put it in front of fire or a space heater and, and seen necessarily results out of that. My fear is I don't want someone to try to do that, and injure themselves or ruin their, their, their trophy. So how does that work, right? Because it's always handle them with care. So if I spray the velvet, velvet lock on, say I, you know, I know I'm going to get this buck and I got the velvet lock in my pack. Um, do I spray that buck down? How does that go? You know, if I have to strap them to my pack to get them out. Daryl, you want to tackle this one? 
Sure. So that, that velvet will still stay soft depending on temperature for that first 72 hours. So you still need to handle them with care for that first, you know, 24 to 48 hours when you're packing them off the hill, treat them with the utmost of care because everything you do to that, if you create a spot in there with a strap from your backpack an indention on there, once that velvet lock actually hits that thing, it will, it will preserve that spot just like that forever. So it, it that velvet lock reacts with temperature as Jay, AJ was just talking to. And it actually, that temperature hardens that membrane, that actual membrane will become as hard as the antler itself. But the hairs on the antler, the hairs on the membrane will say stop, stay soft to the touch forever. So that being said, if you do anything to that membrane, that's going to permanently indent or damage that membrane before it actually sets the velvet sets the membrane it'll stay like that forever and a good example of that is my son the buck i was talking to that he killed years ago it rolled down the mountain and it peeled the velvet off of two of the tips of the antlers and after we sprayed that after 72 hours or so that velvet actually is and it's funny because people go, it can't be as hard as the antler. And I show them and I go, it actually is. That membrane itself has cured as hard as that antler where it peeled down like a banana peel off of that antler. So you have to remember that when you, when you put it in your backpack, do treat it with the utmost care. Although you've treated it, it's not cured at the time you've treated it. Yeah, I want to make sure that we get things like that out, right? Because that, that'll, well, you guys said spray it, and I packed it out, and now I got an indentation. So, um, yeah, that's, uh, I'm going to say it's crazy that you sat on it for 15 years. I get your reason, but <laughs> that's, uh, <laughs> that's, uh, yeah, every little... year AJ, AJ calls me and goes, when are we going to go to market with this? And I'm like, yeah, let's just wait a little bit longer. <laughs> that's slightly insane man <laughs> slightly insane i mean the ease of use is is phenomenal right the the fact that i can preserve my own antlers you know virtually instantly uh you guys never said that that's guy with western contour saying that but essentially that's what it amounts to you know i got my animal down i spray his antlers i take some care 72 hours later i got preserved velvet for you know, a lifetime or 15 years at this point. Um, I, yeah. And, and you know, it's kind of funny because I, I did some antlers for a taxidermist here and, you know, he was doing some European mounts and I sprayed them for him and I took care of them for him and I showed him how it works. And, you know, for taxidermy, I mean, realistically, we designed this thing for the everyday guy, right. For, for the guy that, takes his son out and he wants to keep that velvet on that fork and horn buck because his kid killed his first buck in velvet. And this is what realistically drove me to do this because that guy can protect that velvet without going, taking it to a taxidermist and having to pay that three, $400 that he probably can't afford because his son just took his son to go kill his first buck. You know how all that goes, right? Oh, yeah. So this is where this really designed, but once the taxidermist got a hold of this thing, this taxidermist said, this is absolutely unheard of in the taxidermy industry where I can take a buck that was killed August 24th in the state of Idaho and I can turn around on September 10th and give it back to my customer. 
absolutely unheard of with a velvet on the app. You just, you did, you don't see it in, in three weeks, two to three weeks as an absolute turnaround on taxidermy. It's unheard of. Yeah. It's nuts. What, if you guys don't mind me asking, um, what, what's the cost per bottle? Go ahead, AJ. So right now we'll just speak to, to Velvalock, uh, since that's our product that's out available for purchase on our website, you see in all of our videos, you know, we have a lot of inquiries about that, uh, 12 ounce bottle. So it's a 12 out, 12 ounce pump bottle sprayer is twenty nine ninety nine, And for the taxidermists, as Daryl was mentioning that use this in bulk, um, again, you know, we've got these guys that are doing 20, 30, 40 velvet antlers, whether it be buck, you know, bull, bull moose, whatever it might be. One gallon is two forty nine ninety nine. Honestly, it's pennies on the dollar on on both sides of it. Really, I I don't know Absolutely. the cost for formaldehyde, but I mean for a taxidermist to have that in their hands, they're cutting off hours and hours of preservation um, for pennies on the dollar. I mean that's that's phenomenal. And then twelve ounces, so twelve ounces will twelve ounce bottle get me through, say a three hundred inch bull. So. If applied as per instructions, and again, I, I want to make this clear to all of our listeners, we at Velvet Antler Technologies highly recommend that when you do this, let's say you have a 150-inch mule deer in velvet, use the product until the antlers are completely saturated. If applied with those instructions in hand, one bottle, one 12-ounce bottle will do 180 inches of any type of velvet-covered antler. So it could be 180 inch bull, could be 180 inch mule deer, you know, just a general rule of thumb. So if you're buying a gallon, your taxidermist, if you're doing just, let's say you have 180 inch deers, you know, left and right, you're able to do roughly 11.45 of those, right? If you're doing a 400 inch bull, you know, you're going to have to do your math there and adjust a little bit and say, okay, you know, hypothetically speaking, we're going to use, you know, 38 two ounces, right. whatever it might be. Two and a half bottles or uh, so. You know, and yeah, yeah. You know, and just kind of extrapolate there. So that that's a good question because people ask that often if i buy a gallon how much will it do well are you doing you know 440 inch deer a 200 inch deer and a 400 inch bull then you know we, we you, you got to kind of use your discretion there um you know we've seen people use less with success but again because we know how it's meant to be applied um you know we highly recommend the full saturation and again to daryl's point it's going to depend on that there's a couple kind of natural factors that are going to contribute to this if you're in places like California, right, and you're able to archery hunt in July, the antler material is going to have more viscous material, more blood, and more dry time. If you're talking New Mexico in September, and if you're lucky enough to kill a bucker bull that's still in velvet, it's already gone through that kind of natural transition of dry time on the head, right? So you're not going to have as much material left in the skull or antlers, if you will. So you're, you're probably not going to need to use quite as much if that makes sense. So oh, absolutely. again, you know, to each one of our, of our customers out there using the product is, you know, there's going to be some variables in there. We talked about heat. We talked about geographic location. We talked about time of year, size of, of antlers. You know, you've got some where you can see those bucks that just have massive amounts of mass on them. You know, their tines are like bratwurst versus those little skinny hot dog tines. You know, all those things are going to kind of play a factor in there. And to your point earlier, you know, again, Daryl and I have been very fortunate since we launched this product. We've been able to network and meet some amazing taxidermists out there that we normally probably would have never met. You know, one thing that every taxidermist, when, when they see the product in action, 
you know, we, we give them all a free bottle and say, you know, we don't need to sell you on the product. We don't need to brag about the product. Here's a free bottle. Try it on 180 inches of antler, you know, your preference, bug bull, we don't care. They always come back and they are mind blown with this product because they say, and I, I'm going to, I'm going to generalize here about taxidermy. Not all taxidermists are the same, but to generalize the taxidermists come back and say one thing, you know, a couple of things, but one, you just opened a whole new window for business for me because I hate velvet. I won't touch it. Your, your other taxidermist says I do velvet, but what I do is I send it off to a freeze dryer and the good freeze dryer that lives, you know, wherever is a couple months out. I send it out. I don't get it back for two to three months. Then I have to do all my taxidermy work, all that prep, all that type of stuff. So yeah, you're looking about a year turnaround time from start to finish by the time you get the hide and everything back. Then you're also talking, you know, that, that same taxidermist then says, well, you're going to save me so much money in fuel. I'm driving up to this tanner every so often or this freeze dryer every so often to get this stuff done. Now I don't have to do that. You know, your Euro guys, I like to call them weekend warriors. That's no disrespect to these individuals, but you've got a lot of guys, especially in Utah in the Western States that do European schools on the weekends. They, they, they do a day job Monday through Friday. They like deer. They like antlers. They do this as a service to friends, family, whoever it might be. A lot of those guys until Velvet Lock came out, they wouldn't touch velvet either. You know, they were nervous. They had done, you know, and Daryl kind of alluded to it earlier. We've heard everything from racing fuel, gasoline, uh, rubbing alcohol, obviously your, your traditional formaldehyde. I've heard um, diesel byproduct, ethylene glycol. I mean, anything and everything. I've heard whiskey, vodka. I mean, just crazy an things. Accident. And I, you know. Yeah, well, it was, it was, it was probably Daryl that tried that one, but, um, you know, in general, you know, I, I think it just, it opened the doors for so many people, you know, on the flip side of that, we've got taxidermists saying, you guys are sitting on a gold mine here in the taxidermy world, because again, Daryl, Daryl's point turnaround time is next to nothing can touch it. You know, these guys usually were saying, well, you know, instead of being able to do eight or 10 in a given amount of time, I can take 20 velvet antlers of any species you know whether it's on a skull or we mount the actual antlers to a board and i can literally take an industrial sprayer like you use in your yard to spray for weeds or whatever else i can pump spray that thing and i can just walk down the line and go one two three four and so on let those sit for 72 to 80 to however many hours depending on location i'm done all i have to do is do my skull work and i'm turned around now i can open the door to take three times the volume that i was taking I mean, it's just, again, things that maybe Daryl and I didn't consider, but things that these professionals out in the industry are saying, you know, wow, we have so many uses for this product. Like, thank you for developing this because you just opened the door for us to increase our revenue, increase our customer satisfaction, increase our turnaround time and so forth. Well, that, that goes back to my insanity point on, on Daryl's side there. I know, but... <laughs> But I can say this. I, I mean, I've known Daryl for a long time. And to Daryl's point, he's one of the most caring, kind individuals I know. And his biggest concern was that kid he's talking about with that forked horn. He didn't want to ruin that trophy. So we needed to make sure that we had done everything in our power over the last nine years since I've been involved. Well, eight years since since 2011 that we, we need to do everything. I mean, Daryl and I reached out to fish and game departments asking if we could test this on roadkill. We'd give the head back. We've driven around certain states that allow us to pick up roadkill and test this product. We've bugged 
friends and family members, we've tried to arrow our own deer to Daryl's point, whether it be a spike bull or, you know, a little spike buck, we've done anything and everything we can to test this. But as we know in the, in, you know, the, the biological world and in the hunting world, velvet has, is a precious little window of time. That's not something you can recreate in a lab. It's not something that we can, you know, it's not an unlimited resource out there that we can get our hands on. We only have a couple month window every year to try this. So we tried year after year after year to kind of get, if you will, a stockpile of these to try. And it was honestly extremely difficult. So that's kind of why it's taken an, uh, this amount of time to get it to where it is. Yeah, but it's a lot we funner saying Daryl's sure. insane. <laughs> uh, Daryl is insane. I, I will never argue Daryl's insane. But you know, you know it's, just, and it's funny speaking to some of AJ's point. I had a taxidermist actually message me the other day and ask me. He says, "You know, I have a really bad problem with when we cut these skulls off." cut these antlers off the skull we have part of that sinus cavity that's left that i really have a hard time getting cleaned out and dried out and it's so funny that that big mule deer i killed this year i left a couple chunks of meat on it and you know the the sinus cavity all the little membrane that's in there and we we sprayed it down with that velvolock and i'll tell you it dried the meat on the skull plate as hard as the skull plate when it was done it takes it, it draws the moisture out of everything it touches so well that there's not a bug in the world that'll ever touch it again. So the the skull plates, the cavities, the things you can't touch and reach, you know, it goes back to guys that do um, do the European mounts. You know, there's always a little bit of stuff in there that guys can't get to. If you'll take this Velvolock product and spray it inside those cavities it will totally take and dry out and cure all of the rest of the membrane that you can't get to inside of that skull. That's nuts. Okay. So my last, my last question on, on the velvet lock. Um, if I'm, if I'm going to do a shoulder mount, right. A lot of times we'll, you know, we'll cape and we'll leave that skull in, you know, for that pack out. Um, is there any detriment to the hide um, as I'm spraying on the antlers? If I get some on the hide or the cape, you know, as I'm trying to preserve the antlers, um, do I, is there any harm that'll come to the cape if I get it on it? No, not that I've ever seen it. It won't, and it's not going to hurt that cape. If, if it's left on a cape for an extended period of time, it may dry out some of the moisture out of it but it'll rehydrate itself as soon as they soak it tannery wise it'll take oh. okay yep good deal so uh this one i really like well i like that one too i'm i'm beyond intrigued at this point after hearing all that um so the velvet clean that's one of the things that you know when i look at my mounts and um, you know, get them and I'll wipe them down. It's like, man, I wish there was something that I can clean them. You know, I don't have to worry about bugs, et cetera, et cetera. So you guys have the Velva Clean. So the Velva Clean essentially is is a takeoff of the Velva Lock, obviously, because that's where, where we got the name. Um, and we just started this product kind of the same way because, and the biggest reason I started this one or we started this one, I should say. Um, I've always noticed that the geese or even some of your, your big game mounts, you know, they'll antelope are terrible for antelope hair is very, very hard to clean because it's a hollow hair. Um, and 
ducks, geese, ducks are especially bad when they get that grease that comes out of their feathers and the dust, dust sticks to that. So we created this to be able to spray on there and it actually releases the grease. And all you do is take a towel and wipe it off. All the dirt, grime, grease, everything will just wipe right off of that. All the original colors come back, brightens them, shines them up again. And it also as well has a bug repellent aspect to it because, you know, a lot of states, there's a lot of little burrowing bugs that'll get into your mounts and they'll eat the hide itself and the hair will fall out. So this stuff used, you know, essentially on a six month basis, spray it on, mist it on, wipe it off, keep the dust off. And it actually has a sheen to it. It'll shine up your mount again and make that hair glisten like when you originally killed it. Cause you know, and that's the thing a lot of people forget about when, when animals are out there, just like a person, right? Their hair has oils in it and their hair shines. So when you see them in that spotting scope, you see them in that glass and they're out there shining in the sun, you can't really ever replicate that. Right. But this product has enough oils in it and we've designed this product with enough oils in it that you get that shine back to your hair again so that when that light hits it just right it'll shine and it'll pop just like new again just like when he was alive and that and for me like i said it's important for me as i'm sitting in that chair you know and and the wife is watching tv or reading or whatever she's doing and i'm staring off into space at my mounts i want to remember that animal as i hunted it so that's that's a huge one for me um and and everything you're saying you know that shine making sure that little grit and dust and all that stuff is off of them i get a little bit anal with that so that's huge um so when is the velva clean you said that right now the velva lock is the only thing on the on the website when is the velva clean um available velva clean what are your what's your thoughts aj i'm thinking probably in the next two weeks here we should be able to launch that one have it for sale on on the site i'm guessing yeah the, no I, I agree 100 so we we put in our order we have uh, a plethora coming uh typically when we put in the order by the time we get it to our our physical location and and get it to where we can throw it up on the website and start shipping out of our shipping locations it's about a two-week turnaround time so um yeah i would say within the next two weeks Velva Clean will be on the website for order. Again, since kind of an, an unintended aspect of this as well, guy, you know, I speak to the taxidermy aspect. I spend a lot of my time with taxidermists here in the state, um, you know, talking about Velva Lock and really doing demonstrations, something that guys say, I want to see it, but I, you know, I don't necessarily want to do it yet. I want to see it. So I'll work with them. And it's one thing, taxidermists love the Velva Clean more so for their own selfish reasons, but a lot of these guys that, that we work with here, you know, they're taxidermists, their life, career goals, you know, personal goals, whatever it might be is, is, is taking these trophies, people's beautiful mounts, taking them to taxidermy shows and, and winning ribbons. You know, the goal there is more, the more ribbons they win and the more accreditations they get, the sooner they get their, their master's their master's accreditation. And of course it builds their business. You know, you've got guys all over that are known for very specific types of mounting. Right. And so, you know, it was really interesting because I was working with one taxidermist in general and he said, this blows my mind because every year, you know, us professional taxidermists, we will pick and choose what mounts we want to take to, you know, taxidermy shows or hunting conservations, international sportsman's expos, all these places where they do judging. 
And he said, we're every year, we're trying to find something that will add a little sheen, but not glaring sheen. You know, we want it to look natural. Uh, again, we've heard everything from WD-40 to pledge ultra, you know, anything you can think of that these guys are spraying on. And ultimately it's detrimental to the hair. You know, the hair is not intended to have chemicals put on it. You know, I mean, who, who knows what's really in WD-40, you know, long, as far as longevity goes, who knows what it'll do to amount a year or two or five down the road. But these guys were blown away because, you know, I sampled this on a product, a bird in particular. I told you when I first started, I was big into birds. So I know to Daryl's point, geese and ducks, and I was a big goose hunter. So I know geese in particular, I've got a, a goose mount. It's amazing to me how you clean them. You come back a couple months later and there's some oily residue and almost discoloration on the feathers spray this stuff on there, you know, it draws out any remaining oil and gives it a nice sheen. And the taxidermists love it because when it comes showtime, this just helps all that hard work and time they put into that mount really help it stand out and, and, and win, win trophies. So, you know, it's, it's kind of a cool thing in that capacity. And, uh, velvet scrub, the wife's favorite. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> oh, the so, wives are going to love this one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. You know, guy, it's really interesting because to Daryl's point, I mean, Daryl and I, Daryl kind of was, I mean, if you ever see his business card, which hopefully you guys will, you know, it says founder. He, this was kind of his brainchild. You know, he, him and I got in contact in 2011. I was pursuing my, my MBA in finance management. So he kind of, you know, coupled my business knowledge with his proprietary knowledge of what we're dealing with. But it's been interesting because this, these products have really evolved out of conversations, Right. So we're kind of looking at all these things and Velvalock was our pride and joy. That was our baby. That was, you know, what we carried from the ground up. And in conversations, you know, people kind of say, well, hey, what about this? You know, you guys have the resources at your disposal. You, you know, have you thought about this type of a thing? And it's been interesting because Velva Scrub came about in, in kind of a similar way. You know, there was a need for this. We've got individuals, you know, a big one I'll speak to is antelope, doll sheep, stone sheep, and mountain goats, right? All of them have some shade or, you know, some aspect of white, depending on the time of year and whatnot. And taxidermists were really frustrated because you got, to your point earlier, guy, you got guys going and spending $30,000, dollars $50,000 on doll sheep hunts way up north in BC, you know, farther north, way up in that area. They get the trophy of the lifetime. They spend all this money by the time they factored in guiding fees, travel fees, and all this type of stuff they get these, these capes in, in the horns and they send them down to their local, you know, to their taxidermist of choice, maybe local, maybe up in BC, wherever it is. These guys could not get that dried blood out of that white hide, destroyed their trophies. So they're spending four five six thousand $6,000 trying to find another cape to put on these trophies, you know, and for those individuals that have the type of money to be going on those type of hunts, they were very particular. They didn't want a replacement cape. They wanted the cape that was on that ram when they took him, right? So Velvet Scrub is actually kind of, you know, like I said, it's a brainchild of that mixed with another component of just your everyday hunter, right? We, you know, you and I go out, I can speak to it this weekend. I was, you know, fortunate enough to, to take and harvest, if you will, two does. You know, I've got blood all over my pants. I got blood all over my pack. I got all over my jacket, whatnot. Literally application is as simple as it is with Velvalock. You spray this stuff on there. It's a little more of a gelatinous material, as Daryl pointed out. It's an enzymatic blood remover. So it has enzymes in there that actually go in, break apart 
the molecular biology of blood, feces, urine, whatever it might be, literally breaks it apart to where you can wash it off. Spray this stuff on there, let it sit for 10 to 15 minutes, depending on the stain. Throw it in the wash like you normally would. Stain is gone. So again, your everyday hunter will love it. The wife, you know, Daryl and I joke around, you know, this coming expo in, in, in um, February, we're going to be here in Salt Lake at the Western Hunting and Conservation Expo. And it really is one of those. And oftentimes the wives get dragged around to go look at stuff at the expo. But really, I, I think this will be a wife's favorite because you know, it's one of those where I know Daryl's wife can speak to it. You know, Amy gets Daryl's bloodied clothes from him and his boys and, you know, trying to wash stains out and stuff like that. I mean, it's awful. So she doesn't you know, try really, anymore. She doesn't try. She <laughs> we had this. She never even tried. <laughs> yeah. Now she you know, does it. Works great. Yeah, it's just a really cool product. So again, it's multifaceted. The taxidermists love it because, you know, again, a lot of those guys that compete in the taxidermy shows, they do antelope. Antelope are beautiful animals. And Daryl mentioned the the hair is hollow, retains blood, dirt, those types of things. You send that off to a tannery. And they get that back. There's some copper flecking, fletching, if you will, or flecking that comes out, as they call it, on the chest. Um, the 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 master the master taxidermist and those that are judging the competition know that that goldish flecking in the chest is not natural. That is dried blood that never came out before tanning. So this is huge for those guys because they get to work on those sheep, those antelope, and those mountain goats. You know, for your everyday hunter, like I said, spray that on your pack, throw your pack in the washer or hand wash it in the bathtub. Stain's gone, back to normal. That, that's what I was going to ask about because, you know, my my gear junkie um, goes crazy when there's a little bit too much blood left on that pack. <laughs> so that's uh, and I've tried everything, man. I You know, you don't want to put a I usually go the simple green route and, and the pressure washer. But I've always wondered, you know, what does that do to that, you know, to that uh, that fabric as I'm pressure washing it with fifteen hundred pounds of a square inch has to, you know some detriment to it right so if i'm able to spray something on give it a light rinse or something that's a big deal absolutely using a pressure washer anything like that under high pressure it goes without saying even though you may not see it with the naked eye it breaks down the fibrous material of whatever you're spraying right um but daryl and i both use you know just as a personal testament we both use velvet scrub this year he had a pair of you know bloodied up pants from one of his many harvests i had mine this weekend including my jacket and pack and stuff and you know, it really is the simplest spray on, let sit, throw it in the washer and it, it stains gone. You know, it's, it, it was pretty amazing guy. He had that velvet scrub this year and I had my, I got a couple of the outdoor edge swing blade knives and, you know, after doing numerous animals, I mean, you just don't have time to clean them between everyone. And I had these, I pulled them out of the sheet the other day and they're just covered with gunk and grease and blood and they're just nasty right so i sprayed them down let it sit for about 15 minutes took it to the faucet just with a light rinse it rinsed every bit of gunk blood everything off of that knife it was just unreal the way it breaks the material down it's just great good product yeah, it's not to mention your your everyday hunter that invests in something like the Black Ovis game bags or, you know, the, the many brands out there that make quality re- reusable game bags. That's one thing that I, you know, growing up, I always had those heavy duty canvas elk game bags. And I, you know, every year, 
it went from a nice whitish canvas color to, you know, a dark brown because after you use them a couple of times, you throw them in the wash, that blood's setting there. It's not coming out. So, it, you know, it, it's, it works amazing on things like game bags, camo, you know, like I said, animals, whatever you, whatever you need to put it on. You just extended the life of my, I use caribou gear game bags. Um, and, and one of, and that's one of the reasons is because over my years of use, they seem to whiten. I mean, that sounds ridiculous, right? To a point, but they seem to whiten up better. And one of the concerns is that little bit of blood is that bacteria that I'm putting on, you know, that newly harvested animal. Yep. You know, I don't know if that's substantiated in my head it's an issue right so i want this bright white game bag that i can't bleach um so that's huge man that yeah i know <laughs> it's it's pretty crazy but it's honestly, a game, they're game you know, changers like, yeah it really is it, as small as it may seem and again i think you know daryl and i can both attest to the fact that every single day even today i met a gentleman who who had seen us from day one when we launched First thing he says is, this is it, man. I'm skeptical. And I said, be skeptical all you want, but call me in 72 hours and we'll talk. And he just laughed. And I said, you know, I'm just, I'm serious. I don't, I'm not here to show you pictures of successes. I'm not here to, you know, brag about a product. I don't even want to take your money. Just take it. And if you like it and it does what it wants, then you can pay me. And I'll, I'll be damned if it's not every time someone comes back and says, I'm dumbfounded, you know literally on, on one of our posts, I, I'm pretty, I think I tagged you in it guy, but you know, one of our good friend taxidermist, Justin Brown here down South in Utah, he had a bowl that was literally the velvet was starting to flake and peel off. You know, it was at that point where he was about to shed that velvet right off, lock that thing down with velvet lock. And it's a beautiful mount. Well, yeah, I did see that. And, and you made a statement there, right? Where, you know, you said uh, people think it's a small thing. Not in, in my head. I don't think anything we've touched on um, has been a small thing. I mean, you're talking about preserving those memories. You're talking about protection of the gear. That's money. I think it's huge, man. Again, it's to me, it, it, it's, it all sounds like a game changer. <clears throat> oh, it's uh, the, the energy, the energy and effort. And, and, and I guess one of the things that we didn't talk about, it sounds, at least to me, looking at it from the outside in, I don't want to call it a passion project, but ultimately it is, right? This is something that, you know, hunting is not something that we just do. Here's, here's my cliches. Um, but it's something that it's a lifestyle. We live this. We're passionate about it. This is where this type of product comes from in my head. You know, those memories, preserving those memories, taking care of that gear, whatever it is. I mean, that's, yeah, good on you guys. So, um, let's drop where, you know, Velvet Antler Technologies, what's the .com, where can folks get their hands on it if they want to come and check it out? You said you'll be in Utah. What other shows you guys planning on doing this, this, uh, next show season? Go ahead, AJ. So yep, of course. So we can be found on, on Instagram, Velvet Antler Technologies. Um, again, you know, you, you'll, you'll notice us, our, our, our logo is a, a beautiful set of typical mule deer antlers with a, a shield, if you will, that has a V in it for Velvet Antler Technologies. You can find us at www.velvetantlertechnologies.com. has all of our products on there. It's got some testimonials. It's got some facts where, you know, I mean, to our point, people have asked a lot of questions. We've tried to answer every single one of those. 
in an honest, transparent manner. You can find those on there. You can find our other two products that are coming soon. Um, and another thing that we didn't really touch on, but will be included in there as well as we have um, decals coming, if you will. So you can put them on the back of your truck, you can put them on a cooler, you can put them on a gun case or bow case, whatever it might be. We also have apparel coming. So we're doing hats, hoodies, um, t-shirts, branded mugs, all those types of things. So all that can be found on our website. We do actually have a YouTube channel, but I will say uh, we just barely launched it. There's nothing on there yet, but that's our goal is to get that up and running. That's going to have not only some of our tutorial videos that can be found on our website, but we're going to be continually posting to YouTube, showing application of product, follow-ups, reviews, interviews with taxidermists, all those different types of things. Um, So yeah, that's where we can be found. Prices are listed on the website for the 12 ounce or the gallon. As far as the shows go, so right now we're we're looking to the to the Western Hunting and Conservation Expo in Salt Lake, which is in February, the middle of February. Uh, we're also potentially not sure on that yet, but we're looking to potentially be at the International Sportsman's Expo here in Salt Lake as well, and then possibly the SEI show in Nevada, Reno, Reno. Reno. Okay. Yeah. And then ultimately, I mean, my Mecca dream would be to be able to go to the wild sheep foundation, but we'll see as far as the actual sheep show. That sounds like all that stuff. Personal one there, buddy. (laughs) uh, Yeah, absolutely. But I'm going to try to sell it to Daryl for us to need to be there because of who's going to be there. Uh, But all of those will be listed on our Instagrams as we go, our, uh, our websites and all those things so that people know where they can find us. Um, And then also, you know, kind of to your point, Daryl is up in the Boise Meridian area. I'm in Salt Lake City area. So if anyone is interested in product and is in any one of those areas or within a you know reasonable distance, we really try to meet up with people, show them the product, talk them through it, you know, um, save them on shipping, all those different things. Um, we love, I'd say one of our biggest passions so far with this is providing the greatest customer service possible. That's one thing that we will never sacrifice on. And also just getting to meet these individuals and networking with them. It's just been one of the greatest things that we've experienced. That's, I mean, well, okay. I'm going back to my opinion and it doesn't really matter in this conversation, but that's one of the greatest things about our community or our demographic is all the like-minded individuals that are, you know, ultimately seeking the same thing we are. Um, with the podcast, man, it's just phenomenal. I t- you know, meet people like you guys, I get to hear about these products and just a, a blessing of a community, in my opinion. Absolutely. You know, and it's just, it's really has been, you know, Daryl and I both, while we talk multiple times a day, you know, we're in constant contact with each other, making sure that people are getting product and getting questions answered and all these types of things. You know, we each have kind of our own testimonials of those people that we've met along the way that have really, you know, been extremely beneficial to us. You know, I, I know not too long ago, you had what Lauren Schrag on your show. Yes, sir. Right. One of the greatest guys I've ever met. He literally met him through Instagram. He just said, Hey, you know, if you ever have questions about how to, how to get your Instagram up and running, you know, just those types of things. He is drop of a hat. That guy answers me back, you know, within a matter of minutes, usually, you know, got, gotten to know him on a little bit of a personal level. And I'll say, you know, it's just one of the greatest things that we've gotten to know these people. You know, he, um, he owns and operates Good Bull Outdoors and he does a great job. Oh, heck yeah. So, he you know, it's just, it's just, it's just those types of connections. You know, I mean, Daryl and I can go on and on and on about all the people that we've met, including yourself. But really, you know, that's kind of where our passion lies is connecting with these people and making sure that they're happy with the product. Yeah. And, you know, it's been a tough, it's been a tough go for us right here at the beginning because we launched this product and 
you know, kind of just put some feelers out there and said, Hey, you know, what do you guys think about this? And we'd offer a few free bottles to some people, you know, and ended up in the long run guy, we ended up sending probably around 140 to 150 bottles of free product out to guys just because, you know, we were behind the eight ball and we missed a few and didn't mean to, but I mean, it, it was really an overwhelming response to us just kind of putting our feelers out there to see where we were at. And I mean, I just want to go on here formally apologize to anybody that we've missed or we've upset because we've had guys that message us and say how bad of guys we are because we didn't have product in stock and we weren't ready for this. And honestly, we were just trying to put out feelers to see where we could get with it. And, and this thing really blew up and it's people like you that are going to help us create this thing to be what it needs to be is a very, very customer oriented based thing that we can help people keep their memories for a lifetime none better than that man again you know yeah, I, passion yeah absolutely it's been a passion from day one you know and another just one more thing about us that i think you know people really like is we're made in america you know we don't uh, all of our product is made here in america all of our stuff is made between you know daryl and i and and you know branding was done by us i mean it really is kind of a mom and pop startup that's really just blown up and we appreciate everyone that's you know been flexible with us and given us feedback and took the chances to try the product and obviously those that have now purchased the product i mean we're we're booming we're shipping out orders left and right you know we follow we try to follow up with every single one of them and say hey did you get your product how'd you like it let me know if you have any questions and of course you know we being the guys that we are we support military. We support the service members. You know, we, we've given away, you can't even tell you how many free bottles to former or current service members and those that are, you know, protecting us on a daily basis. Nothing better than that, man. Well, gents, um, it's been a pleasure. I, uh, I'm excited to, uh, get on that website, check it out. And there's a couple things I'm going to grab. Um, and then if I, yeah, get back on that four by five this year, I'll be looking at that velvet lock, man, if I get lucky on them. So, um, anything we miss, you guys want to, you know, get out there. Now's your opportunity. We got the website and everything dropped, but outside of that, I appreciate your time greatly. You know, I just, if I could throw out a couple names, if you don't mind. Absolutely not. Go ahead. Shout out. <laughs> you know, this, this, uh, this really, you know, AJ's one of my driving forces on this thing, but a lot of this really would have never been possible without the, uh, he's a really good, become a real good friend of mine in the last couple of years. His name's Trent Keller and he's with uh, Athlon Optics Company. If anybody out there, man, you get a chance to check out Athlon Optics, please check them out. This guy is unbelievable. They got a lifetime warranty on all their products. And uh, he's, he's actually one of our partners in this thing. He's kind of stayed silent on the whole thing and let me and AJ do our thing. And, but uh, you know, I don't know that very much of this would have been really very possible without his help and his extra driving force in this. So if you get a chance, look him up. Got him. I'll tag Athlon in the uh, in the show. Well, gentlemen, again, it's yeah, been great, and uh, yeah, I appreciate it. We'll be talking to you. Thank you so All much. All right, guys. thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening. 
Follow and tag us on Instagram at Western Contours. Jump on iTunes, Google Play, and Podbean. Subscribe, leave us a comment, and don't forget to hit that five-star rating. We appreciate the support, and until next time, lay them down. Hey everyone, this is Andrew with Sasquatch Fuel. If you're heading into the backcountry this season and you need some meals that don't bog you down, check out sasquatchfuel.com. Our 100% compostable packaging was designed to combat litter in the backcountry. For more information on conservation in action, head to sasquatchfuel.com. Hey guys, enter code Western Contours at checkout and save a few bucks off your order.